All right, everybody say adopted. Hey, just want to share a couple of things. Uh, first of all, uh, we've been tremendously blessed, as Scott talked about. And uh, as you exit today, uh, I'm just sort of calling it the FLF Farmer's Market. Uh, we have broccoli, lettuce, sweet potatoes, and tomatoes, okay? So uh, make sure you grab and get some, be a blessing, uh, to be a blessing to you. And But uh, yeah, they've been coming in like crazy the last 24 hours. 6.30 this morning, had a pallet of tomatoes come in. And so God is, God is always good. I, I want to read a couple of things of the impact that that people were sowing seed into Family Life Fellowship because of what Family Life Fellowship did. The first one is from Randolph County Excel. It says, FLF, thank you for all your assistance you provide when we have class transportation needs. We really appreciate your ministry, and, and they sent a $100 check, which was awesome. Uh, then the Unique JCs, which is part of Moberly Department of Corrections, uh, this is what they said, hey, Family Life Fellowship, please find an enclosed check for $750 from the unique JCs at Moberly Correctional Center. Part of our mission is to recognize and support community activities that are making a difference in local lives. To that end, we want to help you provide school supplies, uh, food, clothes, and other necessities to local children who do not have the needed resources. We also want to acknowledge you and Family Life Fellowship for being a Matthew 25 community. Thank you for your efforts and for this opportunity to partner with you in ministering to the underserved. So give yourselves a great big hand clap, and they sent a, a check, and you know, that's, that's what it's all about. And then I just want to say thank you for your giving, because what you're able to do, you've heard me talk about Las Vegas. Uh, they sent a short video. They did three major outreaches in the inner city of Las Vegas, and they sent a short video of just one of the outreaches. Check it out, and then give yourselves a great big hand clap. So, so all the stuff, all the stuff that they use for outreaches came, came from the Dream Center across the way. And, and so we are excited about what God is doing. Amen? Everybody say adopted. So the question I want to ask and I want you to think about this morning is, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Because there's a lot of things that people are afraid of in life. They're afraid of terrorism to heights. Spiders to confined spaces, public speaking to being alone. And fear is one of those emotions that is unpleasant, that is powerful, that often can be a debilitating thing in our life when we sense and we anticipate danger in our life. And when we are as a low point in our Christian life, fear is not that faithful friend, but it can be that ferocious foe that begins to eradicate our lives. For fear, some of it's the name of the pit that we live in in our lives. Whatever pit that we're not climbing out of, that we're not allowing Jesus to reach down into the miry clay that we're in and pull us out of that pit because we don't see a way out. For others, fear is worrying about everything where the point that they've developed ulcers in their life. A few of us, a few of us grow out of our fear. Yet, others, they just switch fears. 
If you think about switching fears, it could go from when you were younger, you were afraid to spend the night at a friend's house, to now you're making regular ER visits because everything that happens in your life causes a panic attack or an anxiety situation, and, and you run to the ER trying to get resolved, or you, you run to something trying to medicate your pain in your life. And that fear is dominating your life, is controlling your life, it's dictating the direction of your life. And fear leads us to vacillate on the simplest of decisions. For example, if we have allowed fear to take root in our lives, we look at our closet and we spend 30 to 45 minutes trying to decide what shirt to wear because we're fearful of what somebody might say. Come on, say amen. And you sweat and you panic. Simply put, fear is a spirit that is unbearable. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but one of power, love, and self-discipline. So what we want to do is, why do we fear? We're going to link all this together to the term adopted of why you don't have to fear. So let us pray. Father God, for the next 15, 20 minutes, Lord... I just pray each person receives the revelation of Abba Father in their life. And what Abba Father means in each and every one of our lives. Father, we thank you for the fathers that are in the house. But Father, today that we transition from just being a father to dad. And we understand, Father God, not only are you a father God, but you're our dad. And we need that revelation so we don't have to live in that fear, that anguish, that anxiety. But you can set us free in Jesus' name. Amen. In Mark chapter 4, we pick up the story where the disciples are, are fighting through a storm. And not just any storm, but it's one of hurricane proportions. And, and the intensity of it is amazing. And what is incredible is these guys are experienced fishermen but yet they're freaking out over this storm because they're caught off guard. They wasn't ready for it. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41 begins to describe this horrendous storm. It'd be like a hurricane. And to make matters worse, Jesus was sleeping in the bottom of the boat. He was just riding the storm out. And, and, and paraphrasing the story, they, they run to Jesus. They wake him up with their screams that, hey, we're going to drown Jesus. What are you going to do? And, and he gets up, we know, and he calms the storm. But Mark 4.40, it says, Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Isn't it interesting Jesus didn't ask them, What are you afraid of? But he asked them, Why are you afraid? The question for Jesus was not the what, not what phobia do you have, not what thing are you scared of, because to him those answers are irrelevant. And I thought, why was it irrelevant to him? Because the real question Jesus was really saying is, how can you be afraid when I'm right here with you? Father's Day 2023, he's asking us the same question that he asked the disciples how can you be afraid of what life has and is throwing at you if you are born again because I am right here with you? And when you read into the Bible story, there are actually three storms going on. 
there was a physical storm of wind and waves and rain and those things that are naturally coming in. There was an emotional storm, which was their fear, their anxiety, their panic, their worry. And then there was a spiritual storm, a wrong theology. They thought Jesus didn't care. And he got up and he calmed all three situations. Think about that. He calmed the natural storm, he calmed the emotional storm, and he calmed the spiritual storm in a moment. And he can do the same in your life as a born-again Christian if you'll begin to understand Father God as Abba Father, which is simply translated as Daddy God. But I do have to give credit to the disciples. At least they knew who to go to when they were afraid. They ran to Jesus. And I recommend that you do the same thing when you're afraid in your life. But see, spending time with someone builds a relationship with them. And a relationship that begins to grow intimate and personal suddenly begins to breed trust. And for example, you would not trust your stranger in somewhere with your phone, right? I mean, you don't trust people you love with your phone. But you wouldn't trust a stranger with your phone. Hopefully, you wouldn't trust your baby in a mall with your child as you were going to the bathroom with a stranger. Come on. But you trust your closest friends. And the closer you are to someone, the more that you trust them. So the big question is, why do we fear? Why do we live in such fear and anxiety and panic and, and all those things? Because I believe we lack confidence in Jesus. We lack confidence in Jesus because we're not sure that we'll really be okay. And Jesus, we know, is calling us into a deeper relationship with him. Why does Jesus want a deeper relationship with you? So he can turn your fear into trust. That you can trust in Jesus. And there's a lot of Bible verses that talk about that, that the peace comes from God, that you can live a life of peace when you know and not only know God, but you trust God. Everybody say, trust God. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord God is with you wherever you go. Psalm 34, verse 4. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Isn't that amazing? It's sort of what Meg talked about last week, that we've got to be grateful before we see the manifestation of, the, of whatever it is from the spiritual realm to the natural realm. We've got to say, thank you, God, for taking care. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything you can understand. And then his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Everybody say adopted. See, fear assumes and expects the worst, while faith assumes and expects the best. I'm overly optimistic. But you know, it's really not optimistic. I just try to live in faith because it expects the best. And people say, well, you're not being a realist. That's right, I'm not being a realist in this natural world because I don't, even though I'm in this natural world, I believe in a higher world, a spiritual world, a, a God-type world. Think about it. Fear causes you to exaggerate the problems in your life. Come on, say amen. Do counseling and you really see that. 
Remember when you used to be a home alone as a kid? The first time your parents left you alone? And you heard that first big noise alone in the house and all of a sudden your eyes got great big? Come on, say amen. One of the things that I've been doing for Christian couples, I'll share it. So I'm just letting you know if you ask me to marry you, this is what I'm doing if you're a Christian couple. But I don't tell them. And I say, hey, I would love to see you do communion. They're like, yeah, we'd love to do communion. And they're thinking I'm praying, but they don't know I'm not praying. They're praying. And so I pull out the communion cups, and I hand them the communion cups, and I look at the man first, and I, I said, well, you need to pray over the bread. And their eyes get like, because now they got to pray in front of hundreds. But you know what? It's a, it's a precious moment to watch them start their marriage off with prayer over each other. And then the bride, and they take communion. And I do it so that every time they take communion from that point forward in church or wherever they do it, they'll go back to that altar of marriage and say, you know what, I remember my vows. But you know they're afraid when you can see it, but they, they don't have time to react to it or be emotional about it. And think about it. Then you hear another noise in your house, and you're sure someone wearing a hockey mask is going to show up in the front room. Come on. And what does panic do? Panic leads to more anxiety in our life. And we feed our fear, don't we? We feed our fear. Let's be honest. We feed our fear. Listen, don't entertain fear. And don't be entertained by fear. Horror movies are a multi-million dollar industry because people pay money to be entertained by fear. And let me tell you, you need an adrenaline rush Go on a missions trip with me. Go to the Philippines and go to the graveyard where a bunch of children live in the graveyard. And at the end of the night when people come out, after they leave their sacrifices at the graves, the little children come out and eat the sacrifices because that's the only food that they have. Why don't you, you want to be adrenaline rush, go minister to them. You want an adrenaline rush, go with us to, to a voodoo priestess's home in Haiti. And, 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 and she's trying to follow Voodoo and her little kids are sick. Go with us into the former Soviet gulags in, in Moldova. Go with us in street witnessing in a country that only has 65, a, a city that has 6,500 people. And you could be thrown in jail for, for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ like we did a, about a month ago. See, the word entertain, everybody say entertain, means to welcome something or someone in, to hold close to your heart and mind. Let's be real. Life is scary enough that we don't need to make it any more scarier. Amen. Let alone inviting in and submitting yourself to images that can haunt you for years in your life. You can't unsee that stuff once you see it. Psychologists say that fear can take root in your mind and if left unchecked, it will only grow and grow. Don't fertilize those roots by entertaining thoughts of fear. Don't fertilize those roots by meditating on worst-case scenarios. And I've been there. One of the most horrendous things I went through in my life, I focused on fear. But I got a revelation of this verse I want to share with you. And when I feel fear creeping back in, I go to this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. In other words, the Bible's telling me 
that I can capture every thought and cause it to obey Christ. If I do that, then I'm not living with a spirit of fear. When the spirit of fear shoots those fiery darts, I'm quenching it with the shield of faith. When a thought comes into your mind, you need to ask the, the, yourself, Lord, is this from you or not? If it's not from God, you need to throw it out. Everybody say, throw it out. Well, how do I throw it out, Vic? You replace that thought with something else. Blue sky. Clouds that look like vanilla cotton candy. Automatically, you forgot everything else I said, and you started imagining the clouds in the skies looking like vanilla cotton candy. Come on, say amen. Why? Because I gave you a new thought, and immediately you begin to imagine those things. Fill your mind with other things, and you push out the wrong thoughts. And Bible verses, I believe, are the greatest things to start. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God didn't give you a spirit of fear. For God, personalize it, God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The next time you get a bad report, the next time, hey, God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Pray that prayer. Declare that prayer. Say it out loud, and then be ready to make a decision. Fear is a spirit. So we must keep in mind that God didn't give us a spirit of fear. John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, peace I give to you. I do not give to you what the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. It's time to break free this Father's Day. God is willing and able to deliver you from not some of your fears, not many of your fears, not a few of your fears. Everybody say, all my fears. How does he do that? 1 Peter 4.18, perfect love drives out all fear. If you're struggling with fear, and that verse is true, that perfect love drives out all fear, you don't need to get more bold. You need to get more love. Because God's perfect love drives out our fear. Perfect love. Fear cannot stay the same place that God's love is. God's love comes in and serves your fear in eviction notice and says, get out. The Bible says that perfect love drives out fear. It doesn't ask it if it wants to leave. It doesn't say, will you eventually leave? No, it says God's perfect love drives out our fear. He doesn't ask the fear to politely leave and wait to see if it minds leaving. No, God's love literally kicks out, drives out, forces out the fear that's in your life. His love overpowers the fear that's in your life. See, the problem is in Christian circles, I've said it, but it's not entirely true, but we say faith is the opposite of fear. How many of us have said that? But it's really not what the Bible says. Faith is not the opposite of fear. But love is. The Bible says love is the opposite of fear. That when you open up your heart to the everlasting love of Jesus, his love comes in and pushes out fear completely. And this Father's Day, I want you to know, as a dad, it breaks my heart to watch my children go through something that they don't have to go through. And we're committed as parents to helping them get through whatever it is they're getting through in their life. 
will parallel the same way our Heavenly Father doesn't want you going through something that you don't have to go through. And he's committed to setting you free today. Father's Day 2023, everybody say, I'm getting set free. God no longer wants you to be ruled by fear. God didn't give you fear. The only fear that he gave you was fear God. The problem is you've been getting all these packages from a spiritual Amazon and instead of putting return to sender because you didn't order it, you've been opening up the package the devil's been sending you, open it up and say, well, you know, it came, so I might as well keep it. And you're living in this anxiety, panic, defeated, fearful type life. No, the devil's been shipping you stuff with your name on it. You've been keeping it, and you need to say, you know what? This isn't going to stay at my house anymore. I'm going to return to sender, go back to hell where it came from. Open up your heart and receive his love. And then watch fear pack its bags and run away. God is love. The problem is the world has a distorted view of what love is. We say love is two people making out on a TV screen and we call that love. We say, well, you know what? I have emotional feelings for you, so I love you. Come on. And then three weeks later, you love somebody else. But anyway, come on. No, I'm... no, 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 no. The Bible says love is Jesus stretching his out, arms out wide on a cross. Love is he's paying for our sins. He's offering grace, forgiveness, and eternal life. And let me tell you, if you go out on a date and he won't pay, <laughs> dump him. <laughs> and I believe this. If he says, hey, let's sit at your house and eat pizza and watch Netflix, get rid of him. No, he needs to take you on a date. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 11. I'm a dad, speaking from that, from a daughter's standpoint. Red flag to me. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not have love does not know God, for God is love. Catch this. God showed how much he loved you by sending his only one son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Catch this. Real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Verse 16. We know how much God loves us, and we've put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Wow. You want to love your spouse? You want to love your kids? Love God, and you'll learn how to perfectly love your spouse and kids. It's Ephesians 5, folks, and Ephesians 6. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be, af so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. Such love has no fear, no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. And if we are afraid, it's for the fear of punishment and shows that we have not fully experienced, we have not fully experienced his perfect love. The 
problem is we tell people to face our fears, don't we? I've said it, but I've learned that here's the whole message. We don't need to face our fears. We need to turn and face God and receive the Father's love on this Father's Day 2023. Because we don't need to fear because God's with me. And I don't need to fear judgment day because Jesus gave his life for me. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for we see God who made, who knew no sin to become sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Next week, we are going to have the most powerful visual communion service we've ever had. That's all I'm telling you. You don't want to miss it. It's not going to be the same online, but it's going to be powerful. And it's going to put something in your heart that you'll remember forever. Think about how God the Father treated Jesus on the cross as if he had sinned. Jesus took all the sin of the world so that now when we place our faith in Jesus, God looks at us if we have a perfect life. In other words, Jesus copied and pasted his life over ours. Jesus exchanged his perfect life for our sinless life. You don't need to fear in this life for the life to come when you follow Jesus and receive God's amazing love. Fear has got to go. It has no choice and it can't stay anymore. And if you're struggling with any kind of fear in your life, you don't need more boldness. But you need to get more of the Father's love. Ephesians 3, 18. How deep is God's love for me? How wide is God's love for me? How high is God's love for me? How wide is God's love for me? Man, discover how great his love is for you. Then simply respond. How do you respond? Surrendering your life. Sending control of your life. That's why I always lift my hands during worship. God, I'm just surrendering one more time. One more time. That fear that's been controlling you will be kicked out by something stronger. That's God's perfect love. I want to close down with this word. Everybody say adopted. adopted. I was reading a true story about a young boy. And he was adopted from another country by his family in the United States. And he eventually became a great preacher. But he told the story about being adopted. And, and every day when he would walk home from school... And he would hit the, the, the final street at his house, going towards his house. There would be a group of boys there, and, and they would see him coming down, and he didn't look like them. He didn't look like anybody else in the neighborhood. And as he would walk down the street, they were like, you are adopted, you are adopted. Your parents didn't want you, da-da-da-da-da. And they would surround him and torment him with those words. And it caused him to feel insecure and less than. And he hated and was afraid to walk down his own street. But one day he was sitting in class, he said, and, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came upon him. And he couldn't wait to see the boys that day. And he starts walking down the street. And the boys start their taunts that they did every day. You are adopted. You don't, da-da-da. Your parents didn't want you. 
But this time, instead of the little boy cowering, but with his voice shaking, he looked at those boys and he pointed at them. He said, every day you make fun of me for being adopted. But he said, today I realize something. He said that I'm going to tell you. He said, my parents wanted me so bad that they flew halfway around the world to another country. And my parents wanted me so bad that they spent tens of thousands of dollars with no guarantee that I was going to be their son. And they took time off work to come see me. And he said, out of 100 kids in the orphanages, in the orphanage, he said, my parents chose me. And he looked at those boys and he said, your parents didn't get a choice to choose you. And he said in the story, the boys shut up. The little boy smiled and walked home and they never bothered him again. Everybody say adopted. Father's Day 2023. Romans chapter 8. God loves you so much that he's gone to great lengths to show you his love. And God, Father God, doesn't want you living in fear and anxiety. Let me read you this promise in Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Because when you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes inside you. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Everybody say Abba. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. The first word, just like the first word of an English child, we learn. The first word that usually a little Hebrew child would learn would be a word that they called their dad. And most children, they prove, they prove that most words that come out of a child's mouth is dada. Well, that's in English. But in Hebrew, it's Abba. Abba. So in other words, a child is looking at their dad, learning how to speak and saying, Abba, Abba. Like we say, dada, dada. And with innocence restored, and the covering of our Heavenly Father's love, acceptance, and forgiveness. We have confidence and peace in His almighty protection over our lives. Because God loves you. His love never shifts. His love never fades. His love never changes. Never dwindles. His love is consistent. His love is perfect. And his love is never ending. Let me read you a final promise and then I'm going to pray. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate. I'm going to read this personally because this is the way I read the Bible. I read it like if I insert myself. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate me from God's love. Neither death nor life. Neither angels or nor demons. Neither my fears for today nor my worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate me from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation 
will ever be able to separate me from the love of God that is revealed in my Christ Jesus, my Lord. It's time to leave fear this Father's Day. Because once God loves fills you, and you really experience God's love like you've never experienced it, there's not any room for fear. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, right now, I just pray that each person experiences your love. Experiences your love in a way that is indescribable. That they experience you as Dada, Abba Father, Daddy God. Just let the waves of your love, your acceptance, just roll through like the ocean into their lives. Let it be the high tide coming up, filling them to overflowing. All of a sudden, they feel their past washed away. They feel shame washed away. They feel condemnation washed away. They feel peer pressure washed away. They just experience your presence. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, Bible says the only way to Father God in heaven is through Jesus. And the Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. So right there at your seat, you just say Jesus, maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time. You just say Jesus. I want to be adopted into God's family. And I understand the way to do that is say, hey, I've messed up. I've made a lot of mistakes. Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me and apply your blood to my heart. And Jesus, I ask you to come into my life right now. You can open up your eyes. and If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to fill out the Connect card. And it talks about the decision that you made. You can drop it in the, drop it in the black boxes when you leave. Or if you have a praise report or prayer request, man, we want to come alongside you. It's the greatest thing that we can do to help you up. And I'm just praying an incredible special blessing this Father's Day. And through the hub, we have gifts for all the dads that are present. So we're going to dismiss everybody out through the hub. Bless the dads. Man, just have an amazing Father's Day. Enjoy your time. Thank you for coming. God bless. These folks are up here to pray for you. If you need prayer, please come up. God is doing amazing things in answering prayer. Everybody say happy Father's Day. Have a blessed and wonderful day.